You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to Rua Space, where we look to make space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm Phil. I'm Erin, and we're glad to have you here with us. Welcome to our series on the Interior Castle by St. Teresa of Avila. This is part two of the series where we are diving into the first dwelling place of the seven of the interior spaces of our soul where we get to know God. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, definitely check out that subscribe button below. Give it a click so you can get more great videos. And if it's your first time here, welcome and welcome to everyone on the podcast as well. We are releasing the same series on both platforms. So we're going to dive in then to this first dwelling place, and there's many different ways to understand it. I mean, this is a very uh, good book, but a lot of dimensions to it. But for me, when I was reading it, two of the main things that stood out were this first dwelling place is about self-knowledge and humility. Yes, absolutely. One of the things Teresa talks about. St. Teresa of Avila, I should call her St. Either Teresa. way. All right, Teresa's too informal there. So one of the things she wrote that really stood out to me was she said, uh, don't force it your, yourself to stay a long time in one room alone. And of course, she talks about how each dwelling place has many rooms. But one of the predominant rooms she goes on to talk about that's in the first dwelling place is the room of self-knowledge. So she says, oh, but if it is in the room of self-knowledge, how necessary this room is. See that you understand me, even for those whom the Lord has brought into the very dwelling place where he abides, which would be the seventh. So she says, even if you've gone into the seventh dwelling place in your prayer life, that room of self-knowledge which is in the first dwelling place is so important and it's this dichotomy of we need to spend time there and come to know ourselves because through knowing ourselves we can come to know God and we see that contrast between our failures and his mercies (laughs) there you go friends but at the same time if we only spend our prayer life in trying to know ourselves, how much we will miss out on life, on knowing God, on coming to know others. So we can't stay there. She goes on to say, in my opinion, we shall never completely know ourselves if we don't strive to know God. And that is what to me set this apart from so much of the other really good self-knowledge stuff that's popular in psychology talk today, because it is important to know ourselves. Mm -hmm. But she says there's a cap on how much we can know ourselves if we aren't seeking to know God, because it's by knowing God, we see the contrast of who we truly are. Yeah, absolutely. And so we start when we start into this life of prayer, which she says is this door into the interior castle where we're getting to know God. I mean, I discovered for myself that what she's saying is so true that first I came to understand more of who I am, Mm -hmm. that God started to speak truth about who God made me to be. And Mm -hmm. I realized that so much that I had struggled with in my life, so much that I had struggled with in my prayer life had been because I actually didn't understand who I feel actually am, right? right? Like all these different stories had been told to me, you know, uh, people had given me names, both good names and bad names right. over my, you know, uh, however many decades of life. I mean, I'm 32 now, right? But this is a long journey. But even coming to understand who am I in God? Because apart from understanding that, 
I can't really fully grasp who I am because I'm made in God's image, right? right? And so when we start in on the prayer life, first and foremost, there's something important about getting to know ourselves. But what I love about that, and this is where I think it's really connected to humility, um, she talks about, for humility, like the bee making honey in the beehive is always mm. at work. Without it, everything goes wrong. And that was the first thing I noticed is that from in my own journey, so basically she's telling me my journey <laughs> after it happened and that's not to say some sort of expert at it in any way just to say she's tapped it... into a true narrative sort of a true right. progression and i don't know that you're the only one who has had that experience this yeah. is the way a lot of people's experience unfolds mm. yeah anyway. to know that we are loved to know that we are good, to know that we are created to be specifically who we are because we don't function the same way, right? Like, I mean, you think about even the way in our own marriage that we would argue with one another or the ways that we would go about making a decision or the ways we're impacted by uh, events that happen in the world. We are totally different. Right. Now, that's a blessing in marriage, right? It <laughs> helps us sort of balance and things, but um, God made us that way. But for, right. for a long time, I was like, well, I don't connect with God always as the same someone else does is that wrong or this works well and that doesn't but mm -hmm. I came to understand no it is good but the more I can understand who I am the more I can then sort of understand how God connects with me and how mm -hmm. I can connect with God and at a fundamental level how loved I am that humility part really came out mm -hmm. to realize and this isn't wasn't a beating down humility like right. you're worthless it was a oh my goodness what an amazing invitation right. that I even get to pray. Right. And that then actually opened me up greater to God's love. It actually opened up more freedom when I realized mm -hmm. when I can come with humility, there's less pressure because it's not about me. Right. Even the prayer itself, even the ability to walk into the interior castle right. isn't because of my ability, but God's call. So that's takes me to another thing that St. Teresa writes about where she says, now she's quoting another nun here, but she says that this truth was represented to her so clearly that in doing something good mm. or in seeing it done, she gave heed to the source, which would be God, and understood how without this help we could do nothing. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about. When we enter into the first dwelling place, and like we talked about in part one, that can be a great difficult journey just to get ourselves in that door. But once we get going in it, we do begin to realize that humility that it's not us making this happen but we are there by the grace of god and it's uncovering these beautiful things that god has in store for us mm. as we pray and delve and explore yeah well I, so just to bring in another quote as you were talking you know to go to the beehive thing we don't stay in the beehive though she right. says let it uh you know, she says, fly, we need to sometimes fly to ponder the grandeur and majesty of God. So we don't then just stay in self-knowledge, mm -hmm. but as you were sort of talking about, then it brings us in to knowing God more mm -hmm. and realizing that this whole journey, this whole process is not of our ability, which right. that nun sort of realized. She's like, when I find something good, she's like, I actually realized it was the Holy Spirit. It was God doing it in me. Right. And so in coming to know ourselves a little better helps us then get to know God. They, they're like interwoven. Mm -hmm. They're meant to go together. But then we end up in this place where it's just we then gaze upon the grandeur and greatness of God mm -hmm. and realize that in the spiritual journey, you know, as much as we talk about prayer and we teach spiritual disciplines and we talk about things we need to do, there's a point I that... 
I would say we talk about things we can can do. do. Right. Yeah, we well, are have the opportunity to yes, engage right. in. <laughs> well, I mean things like we need to be people of justice and love. Okay. Like need to do yes, certain things. True, but true right. statement. But so, but I agree with you as well. So that that digression. Both we're back both on, directions we're back on track. there. Um, no, but there's this part of it where we realize that. Of our own efforts, we're never going to get far enough. We're going to fall short. We're going to fall short. That going into these dwelling places, it's kind of a little um, esoteric. Like, what exactly are the dwelling places? Well, again, it's our journey to knowing ourselves and knowing God. Mm -hmm. But completely impossible of our own strength. You can't just try harder into the interior Mm -hmm. castle. What this actually is about is about submitting to the one who's already at the center so God can invite us forward. And that's that humility part. We as people like to believe we have control and we have power and we can do it and we just can't Mm -hmm. all we can do is submit which is why silence is so important in so many of these traditions because then prayer isn't always just about us talking to god but about us listening Mm -hmm. and when we listen we have feelings come up we have emotions come up and when we can pay attention to those they speak to us something of god and ourselves right well and i think that's what you know saint Teresa spends a lot of time talking about is that you know, we've mentioned, we've focused a lot on self-knowledge because I think that's a very important thing for us to, to do. But she does say, like, don't forget to remember that the soul is spacious and right. plentiful. You gotta leave that the there are, you leave there the are room. many rooms, there are many places to explore, there are many aspects of mm. life to engage in. And that's where, you know, I think about people who go out and say, well, I find God in nature. And I'd say, that's probably a room in the dwelling place Mm. you know what i mean that that discovery of god while you're outside and you're seeing creation that discovery of god when you watch your children playing and they do something angelic or not um (laughs) either way you start to see and recognize attributes of god and what is and isn't present in humanity and she says you know it's it's important for any soul that practices prayer whether little or much not to hold itself back and stay in one corner Mm. and i think that is such a powerful challenge encouragement for us because how often do we find something that works for us that we like and feels Mm. comfortable and we say i'm gonna perk it right here (laughs) i have found god i have found a source of truth i have found something meaningful for my life i'm very content you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think she knows that's human nature. We like to say, well, this works for me and I'm cool not doing the rest of it. Yeah. Which is okay. You can technically stay in one. I'm going to continue her metaphor. You can stay in one room of your Christianity, one room of your faith and say, here's where I am. I'm, I'm staying put. Yeah. But I, I do think when we... When we are open to new ways of understanding justice, when mm-hmm. we're open to new ways of understanding how God loves people regardless mm-hmm. of their sin, that might be a barrier to us, um, or differences that might be a barrier to us, when we can start to see God in these different ways, how God can engage the world despite brokenness, mm-hmm. those those start to be different rooms. And, and perhaps you could even consider... I think she would agree that when you start practicing different disciplines, it can help you uh, transition into or explore rooms that you might not have explored otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so friends, I think in this first dwelling place, then the invitation as we go into a deeper journey to know ourselves, to know God is of course, as she says, the way in his prayer. But I think what we would encourage you with then is to say, 
when you sit down to pray, first perhaps check in with yourself. Mm -hmm. What are you feeling? And I don't just mean like logically, but can you name what you're feeling? Can you name maybe where in your body you're even feeling it and why? Why might your body be communicating that? Why might your spirit or Mm -hmm. your soul be saying that? We actually have a prayer course that you can enroll in that will walk you through how to do exactly what Phil was talking about and gives you a lot of uh, ways to reflect and think about it as well. Yeah, it's called The Heart on Fire. The link is down below in the description. But yeah, so we we get to know ourselves. We get to have this listening posture and we come to then understand how much God loves us, that we are created with intentionality, that we are created to be loved and to love, to Mm -hmm. be blessed and to bless, that life is a gift. And that, and then out of that place, we come to realize that if everything's a gift, then we can't earn it. That all we can do is accept it as a gift, which changes the way we interact with others. It changes the way we interact with self and everything. And we then come to understand who God is by partly through how God made us to be. The whole idea then is that we more deeply connect with God and continue to journey forward through these dwelling places into a deeper relationship with God. Exactly. So friends, we will have the next episode journeying us and taking us into the second dwelling place. So do make sure if you aren't subscribed that you do that now so you don't miss it. And I would like to leave you with this quote once again as a reminder for how to pray in this first dwelling place. Uh, In my opinion, we shall never completely know ourselves if we don't strive to know God. Grace and peace.